1: Midday grind coming to you live from the Hot Shots in Fenton. Lunch crowd packed in here. This is a huge place. We've been here before, but you look around, you realize how big it is. And when you walk in, you're greeted by the banner from the Winter Classic. How freaking cool is that? Blues Hawks January of 2017, high above you as you enter the Hot Shots here in Fenton.
0: Hot Shots, longtime sponsor. I believe they
1: call this the Yankee Stadium of Hot Shots. Wow. And they've also got a TMA Live coming up next Thursday. Absolutely. From O'Fallon, Illinois, in the shadows of Offenburg Hyundai. Yesterday is going to be a hard show to beat, Charlie. I thought, I thought it was a great show, <laughs> and usually I'm negative about the content or the performance, and you're overly positive. Oh, no, I think we're fun. People like, whatever, however bad the show is, Charlie is always the one who says, no, 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 people like that. People like, yesterday, with a straight face, you said, I got to admit, I think it was bad. I knew this was going to get to you. <laughs> I knew it was going to get to you. And look.
0: I just think we could have we done better, and let's do it today. Let's finish the week strong. But then I think sometimes the dumb shows maybe are some of the better more shows. More memorable. Or more memorable. I feel like whenever we talk NBA, you know it's going off the rails a little bit <laughs> in a good way. That it wasn't as scripted. Right. Patrick Walsh, CBC, of course. Love that guy and he texted in and said terrible show it was a terrible, but very entertaining terrible great show so i said i'll take that and then i felt bad i felt bad for for uh, criticizing the show yesterday i, I should have said i should have said we can
1: do better the only reason i bring it up is i think you were wrong patrick wall's terrible show but very entertaining i'll take it cousin sam then immediately chimed in with a b plus i'll take okay? that so we'll take your grades throughout this show 855282 82-55, we've got Hockey Sense later in the day. That's at 4, but meantime, we're live all afternoon from this Hot Shots in Fenton, and we are less than a month away from opening day. And Jimmy Hewer, they're giving away tickets to opening day for the cards. It's about five weeks away if you're talking about the home opener, but they start in Milwaukee. That means, let's see, Charlie, for the next four weeks, guys will stretch out a little bit. We'll ask Shilty about that lineup. Where do you like Goldie hitting? Wano's uh, looking sharp. Is Carl- yeah, I get there. There are topics, but, boy, four weeks seems like a monster length of time to sort through these issues. They do have Ozuna, not in bad shape, according Good to shape. Mo. Great shape. Great shape. Not sure why you would bring that up. So they've got time for him to get in <laughs> shape. What else are you looking forward to over the next four weeks? Well, I don't know if this is
0: specifically spring training related, but it's definitely Cardinals baseball related. I think it's fascinating because we've all discussed Paul Goldschmidt potentially having an extension sign with the Cardinals before the season ends. And I think for a lot of people, me included, I thought, okay, maybe that looks like, what, a five-year deal. He would hit free agency at age 32. Then you see the Machado deal, which you understand why it's 10 years because he's 26 years old. But then you see the Harper deal and you see it's 13 years and he's getting paid till he's 39 years old. And I understand the last 3 years are 22 million, so it's a lower AAV. But if you're Paul Goldschmidt, you've never hit free agency, you're a superstar. You see Bryce Harper now getting paid till age 39. Does that
1: not change your outlook on how many years you should get? Well, when the market was colluding, or we thought it was, I said, God, this is great. You're going to get a discount on Goldschmidt because Machado's not getting paid. Harper's not getting paid. These owners have banded together. They're tired of the stupid deals. And then it's like, no, no, no. They'll never be tired of doing stupid deals. So it has shifted back. I think you're right that Goldschmidt now is the upper hand. I would offer him, if you're just looking at years in AAV, can I sell you on six for 175? He's going to be older at the end of that deal. You're less than 30 per year, which is an insane amount. It's a lot of money. I think that would get it done. And it's still not stupid. It's still less than you're going to pay Price, right? Is that less than you're going to pay Hayward? Less than you're going to pay Pujols? All these previous years, you could live with that. Yes, and that's why I think the Bryce
0: Harper contract is fascinating because when you compare some of the AAVs, knowing that Jason Hayward got about 23. Jake Arietta got about 25. Now, it was only for three years. But again, Bryce Harper, even though it's crazy to think with $330 million total, it's the largest contract in North American sports history, spreading it out over 13 years, that's actually not that high of an AAV for a superstar player. And that's why if I'm Paul Goldschmidt, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll take the, the long deal for the huge amount of money if they're going to pay a superstar until age 38 or 39. If you're Paul Goldschmidt, don't you feel like you deserve to be paid to age 38 or 39? Now, the difference is Bryce Harper got the years, and he got the total amount because he's also giving the Phillies his prime years of age 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, et Paul Goldschmidt will be giving the Cardinals or another team ages 32, 33, 34, 35. You're not going to get those
1: absolute prime years. Which reminds me of the great Jack Buck line when he was dealing with Various health issues later in life, and he said, I've given the Cardinals the best years of my life, and now I'm giving them the worst towards the end. Uh, we did mention opening day, though, Jimmy, Hot Shots teaming up to give you a chance to win tickets. Uh, all through the month of March,
0: you can go to any of the 11 area Hot shots, sports bars and grills, and you can get registered to get tickets for opening day. Budweiser's part of this as well. Winners will be
1: drawn and announced on March the 29th. So while you're at the Hot Shots, if you want to come by here today, grab the great deals on Bud Family Pints. You also get the, those
0: are on Tuesday nights or Bud Family Pitchers every Saturday night. You can come by, get registered to get some baseball tickets for opening day. It's not that far away. You've got
1: until March the 29th to come by and get registered. And we have our little bucket right in front of us you right fill here. fill up our bucket. Yep, absolutely. we got a bucket list right here. Yeah, stop by. It's already starting to fill up. Put your name in there. you got a chance to win those tickets Jimmy talked about. Our text topic, Charlie, at 855 282 855-282-8255. What will you be doing in 13 years? You, the listener, 855 282 If all goes well, Charlie, I'll be living like in a small little town selling fishing lures or something. Somewhere know? in Wisconsin? Yeah, I could take that. So you'll be... is listening like, what? We're going to be... I'll be sixty-three <laughs> in thirteen years. By the way,
0: what's the what's the goal on retirement for the, you? The year,
1: the TV, age, TV, radio. Oh, it's just years? both. Are oh, you I'm working for the company here? Like how <laughs> I'm soon? also working for myself. Yeah, I'm th- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm It's serious a little now. too close. I don't know. The world is changing constantly, Charlie. So our job is to adapt with a changing world. People are getting their news and information and their entertainment in different formats, so it's always evolving. So Carson will be, what, 20? He'll be 21. So I 21. told Frank, if you think about 13, like just wrapping your head around how long a deal that is, what will you be doing in 13 years? Could prompt some interesting answers. But he'll be, I think, a junior in college. I said senior. I think he would be a junior in college. At he's Marquette. In, he's in second grade.
0: Man, that's a long is that hard time? to imagine? Oh.
1: Janie May will be, in 13 years, getting ready for high school. She'll be 14. She'll be going to uh, she'll be on scholarship at St. Joe. Or Kirkwood. Or Kirkwood. Scholarship at Kirkwood. Public schools will pay by that point. So it's an amazing amount of time. Like, in 13 years, you'll be 50? Darn close to it, yes. Right? How about that? Man. It's just a long way away, and it's hard to imagine what anyone would be doing. at What will Bryce Harper be doing in 13 years, hitting two twenty? Yes.
0: <laughs> I have a feeling that Bryce Harper and the Phillies, over 13 years, they're going to have a nice run of probably four to five years, a bunch of playoff appearances, maybe they win a World Series. They probably then have a bad run of four
1: or five years, and then they're probably good
0: again at the end of that contract.
1: My favorite part them being bad in the last few years, is they weren't trying to tank. Like, all these teams that were terrible planned on tanking. Houston and the Cubs are well, we'll get really bad. We'll draft some good players. The Phillies get beat by the Cardinals in the 2011 NLDS. They were the number one seed. And Ryan Howard blows out his Achilles, and all hell breaks loose. And the team's just terrible. They got old quick. And they looked around like, God, we're really bad. Except we didn't plan this. You have more respect for those teams that planned the tanking.
0: I think that's a good question, though, for a fan base. Now, the Cardinals and Cardinal fans have been lucky because they have been good over the last decade or so. Even the bad years have been, okay, 84 wins, whatever it is, 88. You finish out of the wild card. I'm guessing Philly fans at the time were happy that they locked up those veteran players that took them to two World Series and won one. The Ryan Howards, the Chase Utleys, the Jimmy Rollins, Roy Oswalt, Roy Halladay. But then, as you said, that team got old quick all of a sudden, their payroll's 170 plus million. They're not winning games. People aren't coming to the park nearly in, in highest numbers. And then the last few years, they've been towards the bottom of attendance. They haven't been that great, but also they're not spending that much. So now it seems like you have the Phillies ready to spend, get people excited about baseball. You sign Bryce Harper, and you could actually see the Phillies' attendance skyrocket. That's the difference between a team like the Phillies and the Cardinals. Cardinals fans are going to come out almost forty two forty three thousand for every game, between three and three and a half million every year, almost no matter what the last decade or so. now the Phillies have had more peaks and valleys, but they drew two point two million last year at their height, they were drawing three point eight million so think about that if they get good and people want to come again, you could reasonably see them drawing a million and a half more people per season. Think about how much more revenue that generates
1: even if you are spending a lot more in payroll. I just love the fact he's in Philly with this massive contract. So if it flames out or bombs at any time, they're just going to destroy him. They're going to just hate on him repeatedly. They booed Gabe Kapler the manager in opening his opening day last year granted. They started on the road and he forgot to get a guy up in the bullpen on opening day his first year as the Phillies manager. They booed him. I can't wait to see the highs and lows of the Harper deal as it plays out with their fan base. He goes to San Francisco and he struggles. I don't think they're going to be all over him. Philly is the perfect place to see this play out. 100%. He will be booed in April. He will be booed this April. Like an 0 for 8 stretch.
0: Yes, he will be 1 for 14. It'll be the 8th inning, and he'll strike out or hit into a a double play with two guys on, and he will be
1: booed in the first month of his career wearing a Phillies uniform. You know what's interesting, too, for the Phillies they got better, and two of their key acquisitions are from within the division. You took Harper from the Nats and Real Muto from the Marlins, not that the Marlins were a threat, but two of your better players now came from within your division. Uh, other headlines, Blues tonight in Carolina. Chris Kerber with us uh, earlier in the, uh, the program said that Jake Allen will start tonight. Jordan Bennington starts tomorrow. Doesn't really matter. I wondered if it was the road splits because Jake is better on the road than home, and Kerb said, I don't think so. And then he made a good case as to why you would prefer Bennington tomorrow. He said, with it being Dallas, a division game, as opposed to tonight you're against an Eastern Conference opponent, that basically the bigger game is the Dallas game because you don't want them catching you in the standings. So you look at Bennington and say, he's he's so much better than Jake. He's got to be the guy in the bigger game. I had not thought of it
0: that way. I think it works out both ways. Jake has also been pretty decent here. He's been helping out when they went on this run in February as well. I just think it, it works out with what Kerber said, but also the home road splits for both goalies makes it a very easy call every time there's a home-and-home home back-to-back because Jake is much better on the road, and look at Bennington at home. He's 7-0. and He does not lose at Enterprise Center, so why would you mess with
1: him? He was named the NHL's Rookie of the Month for the month of February. Also the Blues, uh, David Perron, not on the trip. Braden Shen not expected in the lineup tonight, although Alexander Steen does return. Blues hockey tonight taking on the Carolina Panthers. You can hang out here at Hot Shots where they have Blues specials throughout the game. My favorite depiction of spring training today was Rick Hummel's game story about Jordan Hicks's appearance yesterday, and he's going through his line, his appearance, and he said, "You know, had a walk and also hit one petrified batter." And I thought that was the best way to describe If you're going to get hit by a big league pitch, I'm sure it sucks. But if it's Jordan Hicks getting a little wild and drills you, I didn't see video of it, but he described one petrified hitter. He also said there may have been another punch out except Angel Hernandez called it a ball. And he said the crowd was riding Angel. And I'm like, good. He's in midseason form. Angel Hernandez, ump show, baby. Ump show, good for bit Petrified But Hicks certainly throwing blazing numbers right out of the gate, as you would expect in the spring. They said the goal is to get the walks down. Wasn't a high strikeout guy overall, which really is amazing. We're talking those kind of speeds? Because when Chapman came along, he blown everybody away. It's got to be the control, though, right? If they know they can draw walks. Yeah,
0: it's interesting because
1: Hicks throws a two-seamer,
0: which usually is not as hard as a four-seamer, but there's more movement. So somehow he's hittable, even though he throws 105 miles an hour. And then you're down there at spring, and a lot of the discussion is the fact that he's working on a four-seamer, which, again, for most pitchers, you could actually throw harder. I don't think it's, a, it's possible, though, for Jordan Hicks to throw harder than 105 miles per hour. And I think it comes down to the fact that sometimes people just have natural movement on their pitches. They don't even necessarily mean to do it. And you hear that with Mariana Rivera that he basically, when he went from being a starter to a reliever, he kind of just tinkered, and all of a sudden, his fastball had this two-seam movement. He didn't necessarily do it on purpose, but it really worked for him, and it became this, well, he has, you know, the cutter. He had the cutter all of a sudden with the natural movement, and it
1: just worked. It wasn't like something he tried. Text line at 855 282 I'm looking forward to these responses. What will you be doing in 13 years? And then we could have... The prerequisite jokes, you know, in 13 years Spags will still be looking for Reggie, and his defense will still be terrible. <laughs> trying to think of other obvious ones that are in our wheelhouse. At that point, Spags will, Bob have been, will still be
0: showing up at remotes. Spags will have been an interim head coach again, and then Fish a will pass still be Fish will still be calling Roger
1: and talking to the league. Things will not change dramatically for some people, is what I'm saying. Chris Bryant was asked about the contract, and he even said, he goes, man,
0: 13 years. I don't know if I'd want that long of a
1: contract. like to be committed for that long, (laughs) to be obligated to play another 13 years. Will St. Louis still be boring in 13 years? These are all great questions. No, we're on the way up. Will the city and county be merged 13 years from now? Here's a great question. In the year 2000, remember the old Conan bit? In in the the year year? 2000. So this would be in the year 2032. Okay, how about this? In the next 13 years –
0: I'm counting Cardinals, Blues, and I'm going to guess we're going to have Major League Soccer by then. So you, in the think, next you think we'll knock it out in the next 13 years? We'll have a
1: Stanley Cup because that's eight years But that plus. was going to be my question. Yes.
0: How many championships Ooh. for the Cards, Blues, and the Major League Soccer team, I'm guessing, which is going to be called St. Louis FC as well. How many total championships for St. Louis professional sports teams in the next 13
1: years okay that's a great question so in the next eight years the blues are going to win the cup because Andy Strickland said so 62 blue I'm going to be bold and say we'll have a cup in the next 13 years and I'll say one world series and what are the odds Jimmy our soccer team wins I'm thinking cup. we can get one in there okay so we got three baby I think that's Optimistic, but slightly conservative. I think That's, that's conservative, but... yeah. Uh, I mean, what's a World Series? You usually win one if you're a franchise, one every 30 years if you're lucky. So you're probably being a little bold saying the Cardinals, but that's a team with a history of doing it. The Blues, you're probably being bold by saying they're going to win one, period, because they never have. I like that. Couldn't Three, you see St. Louis,
0: though, becoming a model franchise for the MLS? In all seriousness, that we could be one of the model franchises... Like the Seattle Sounders, and we get I don't really think, into it.
1: I don't think you can top Seattle, though. They get like sixty thousand. I mean, it's...
0: I'm just saying, knowing St. Louis' soccer history, I think I think the top end of that, if you were being really optimistic, you could say the Cardinals could win two, the Blues could win one, and the soccer team wins multiple, one or two. I think they're going to come in and just rule the the league? Yeah, look eh? at this, Chuck just said we get a team, we're going to kick everybody. <laughs> okay, but the <laughs> Cardinals have won. Way. The Cardinals have won two championships. Since 06. So you're talking about 13 years. They won two. The Blues have to win one in the next 13 years, right? You haven't been around have for the first 50 years. So. I get that, but come on. Come on. They have to. I
1: like playing the do factor when we do gambling. Bennington, the baby. Do factor. He's young. So in 13 years, he'll be 38. How many rings will he How many Vesnas will he have? Five <laughs> Vesnas, two uh, rings. I wanted to get Frank on with the Kurt Warner comparison because he's not comparing Bennington to Kurt Warner. However, it is interesting when a guy comes out of nowhere seemingly and starts winning like crazy. I said, Frank, what if we took it a step further? and said the coach came from Philly and had been a coach in Philly, Vermeil Barubi, You know, a couple of warm and fuzzy guys like that, are yeah. hugging and crying.
0: Okay, never mind. That one doesn't work. <laughs> so last night on Fox 2, we ran a couple different clips. A lot of people have probably heard or saw that the Carolina Hurricanes, after home wins, they do these choreographed celebrations, yes. and Don Cherry called them jerks, and he said it was unprofessional and all that. But they do these choreographed celebrations. They'll do a limbo. They've done bowling. They've done softball or baseball. They've done baseball. They've done dominoes. It looks like they'll do different, like their, their go-karts, their racing and all that.
1: Tonight they'll do the would you go, go back to the locker room. Right, after a Blues lose. victory.
0: But it's funny because we ran some clips of Blues players discussing that. And I was shocked that Craig Berube actually was kind of laughing and gave it a solid answer. He's a man of few words. And also, you just know if anybody in all of the NHL has no time for teams doing choreographed celebrations after a win, it's Craig Berube, Right. I
1: would, I would think he wouldn't want it on his team, but maybe he doesn't hate it for them or it doesn't bother him or get them all worked up. But if his players say, hey, uh hey, Chief, we just had this idea. And, like, we'll do this thing where, like, it's a pretend cake stand with or Like, no. no. He just strikes me as There's a guy that would chance. not be cool with that. Like, the story we've told where the player went to March and said, hey, am I playing this week? My family's coming. He's like, what is this, homecoming? Get out of here. There's zero chance a Blues player would go, hey, Chief, um, am I in the lineup tomorrow because i got a lot of family? No. And speaking of, Delzato not in the lineup tonight. I'm the guy holding the limbo line. I, I yeah. need to play tomorrow. <laughs> I could see him laughing and saying, good for them, but never allowing it on his watch. Uh, and, Charlie, the 42 has yet to return to the ice because Delzato, healthy, what if, what if they were scratch tonight.
0: What if they were to change it based on media pressure or attention in the last couple of days, specifically coming from one Martin Kilcoin, <laughs> who's so mad about Michael Delzato, who will probably be here for, let's be honest, two months,
1: and then you probably put the 42 away for a while. I think if people were mad about which they're not, nobody cares. Then you roll out a lot of tweets with Barkley wearing the forty-two and saying, "I'll never forget this player in this jersey." And then you go, "Oh, it's Barkley. It's okay now." It's funny you say that because look, we all
0: joked about it, and the Blues started this trend where other NHL teams all of a sudden adopt a dog. Yes, and I it, saw it seemed this. like it seemed like all the NHL teams that were not doing well all of a sudden around December, Christmas time maybe trying to generate some buzz for some uh, some holiday gift packs. They start rolling out the dogs, and we had some fun with it. Now, don't get me wrong. Barkley is a hell of a cute dog. But the Blues now are the hottest team in hockey, basically, and we have not seen Barkley because the team right
1: now speaks for itself. I think he may have been the grand marshal of the pet parade the other day, I think. Well, as he should be. I, well, I understand. i He did go a little uh, below the radar once the team became the foe. Then Edmonton starts losing. Like, hey, we got a pet parrot. (laughs) Every team that just sucks. Like, hey, we got a lizard over here. He's the official mascot of the team. It was a stealth move. I liked it. It worked.
0: And again, it was talkable for those down months. And now you have the hottest team in hockey. It's so much fun
1: to watch the Blues this weekend. You got tonight, you got tomorrow. It's must-watch television. I think when we were mocking it at one point, because the team was bad, but the dog was cute, and they seemed to overplay that card, I believe Mike Caruso, uh, VP of PR, et cetera, just texted me during the show and just said, ass. And that was the end of it. Well, well, it's funny, because Mike Caruso, I'm talking to him the other day, at the rink,
0: and he was giving me some trouble. Wait a minute. He was at the rink? He was at the rink, working. What? He was giving me some trouble because he said I was tweeting out too many videos at spring training of Cardinals batters taking BP. And I said, look, St. Louis fans love this stuff. They watch this stuff. And he actually told me the other day he unfollowed me on Twitter because he was sick and tired of seeing really? multiple Colton Wong and Jed Jerko BP sessions. He was said it, it was too
1: much. And I said, you know what? Barkley was too much. How about that? Ooh. And then did he take come that. back around, follow you back once the spring coverage ended? He hasn't, actually. Have you checked? I have checked. Wow. So we'll be working on that. Doug Vaughn well, do, doesn't uh,
0: follow me either though. Is that right? Or Cat. He takes these things very personal. What? If you kinda of poke fun at him on Twitter, he blocks you. No, Doug. I don't think Doug
1: follows myself. Well Doug may not like some of your cat. you know left leaning favorites, of course. I actually
0: kinda of stay away from that now on Twitter. So that so, can't be the excuse.
1: Hey, this is a uh, so far like an A minus. So yesterday was a B plus. Today a lot more focus. Yep. We're locked in. Uh, Patrick Walsh has not given his approval yet of this show and our text topic we'll get to those what are you going to be doing in 13 years We've got a, late, a lot of great listeners who are couriers lawyers doctors window washers what about 13 years from now look into the future along with that Bryce Harper contract 13 years from now you'll probably be heading over to Offenburg to buy your new Hyundai that's going to be around I can guarantee it they're celebrating their 30th Anniversary, Offenburg Hyundai, O'Fallon, Illinois, right by the uh, hot shots at TMA will be at next week. Greenmount Road, the exit there, Highway 64, easy to get to from downtown St. Louis. Whatever type of vehicle you're looking for, Hyundai has it. And Offenburg will bring you the great service they've been known for for years. In addition to that, on the lot, they've got a great selection of pre-owned vehicles. So if it's, I think, 13 years from now, Janie may be like, Dad, I'm almost ready for a car. You might say, "Let's get a pre-owned." Parsons down at college, Dad, I need a car. No, you don't. No, I really do. Okay, let's get a pre-owned. Look at the lot over at Offenberg Hyundai. Go online, find that car. Or if you have a car, year, make, model in mind, let them know. They'll find that car for you. OffenbergHyundai.com is where you can begin the search. Midday grind coming to you live today from the Hot Shots in Fenton. Boys and girls this is
0: 590 The fan, at 590TheFan.com
1: The 590 The Fan app has been upgraded and is ready for you at your app store. Oh yeah, man, we overhauled the whole thing, man. You can take this thing anywhere now. On-road, off-road, highway miles, city driving, doesn't matter. You can listen to live programming and download your favorite show's podcast at any time. Holy, she sure is fast. Download it now and start listening today. You're listening to The Midday Grind with Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com.
0: great show it's always sunny in philadelphia hilarious show long running show it might be about 13 seasons speaking of bryce harper and
1: in 13 years it ran for a long time so harper philly always sunny in philly london calling going to the break usually there's a tell brian hoffman picks the music he's not here today not sure with the London calling, was there any obvious play that we've missed? I'm sure there was.
0: As you know, I usually don't really pay attention to these things. Correct. But Hoff, because he's off down in Austin, Texas for a wedding, I believe, he sent the email yesterday for the show plan. I saw London calling, and I was trying to figure out why it was in there. And I still haven't found out. Maybe because, what, Cards,
1: Cubs, London is a, is a possibility? Yeah, not exactly from today's headlines. I guess the answer is, who cares? We'll text Maybe. him. Maybe, who cares? Or we, or we can ask the producer of the show. Midday <laughs> Grind coming to you live from the Hot Shots in Fenton, the uh, baseball show. 590 Baseball is going to be coming to you live from here. And then the hard line from 2 until 4, station broadcasting here at this Hot Shots location. They'll be at the O'Fallon one next Thursday for another installment of TMA Live, where you can win dinner with Doug. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. exactly. 13 seasons and 144 episodes. I think a friend of mine gave me a DVD once with a season or two to watch, and I started, I just, I didn't get into it. and I feel like I missed it, like I missed the boat. Like, I don't know that I can, and I understand people swear by it, but it just, it didn't take for me, and sometimes that happens. Years ago, in Colorado, Kim and I were going skiing. My dad lived in the Golden, Colorado area outside of Denver. Hashtag blessed. And I said, oh, Dad, you'll love this Larry David. He's got this show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's the Seinfeld guy. And I give him this DVD. This is right when everybody started buying DVDs and you could watch movies. And we went for a day or two and went skiing. We come back. We pack it up, getting ready for our flight. And my dad goes, here, you can have this back. And I said, no, 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 you can have it. He said, no, no, no. Didn't care for it. And I'm like, really? Wow. And, and for me, like, some people, like, you think that. You know what they're going to like? My buddy Mike, Mr. Scotch, is like, oh, here's this one. It's sunny and Phil. F- You're going to love this. And I watched it, and I was just like, eh, eh. Did your dad have the same type of sense of humor as you? I thought so, and he loves Seinfeld. So I thought that would be a yeah, natural absolutely. carryover. He just said it made him uncomfortable watching Larry David. He said it was too <laughs> uncomfortable.
0: I do think Always Sunny trends or trended a little younger because the gang, the group, they were all late 20s, early 30s, but then you add Danny DeVito to the mix. I would just say if you're trying to check it out, check out seasons like 2 through 6 or 7. Danny DeVito comes on board season 2, and, and some of those seasons are absolutely hilarious. Like most shows, I mean, if you get 13 years, you probably run out of material, but at that point you're making so much money. You, you, just, just, keep, keep doing you it. just keep churning them
1: out, but I would say seasons 2 to 6 or 7 are really, really good. Uh, we'll talk about it. Midday grind here in the text topic. Charlie monitoring the text line at 855 282 What will you be doing in 13 years when that Bryce Harper contract is up? Bob Ramsey getting set for the baseball show told us he was going to be, he said his window was somewhere between Albuquerque and Cheyenne. So clearly in the <laughs> West. And you tried to sell him on Phoenix area. And he said, no, 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 a little too arid. He's looking for semi-arid. Okay, anywhere between. Let's let's eventually find a landing spot for Bob. You go to Cheyenne, you could probably do a show from there. You just do it from Wyoming. You can do a show from anywhere nowadays. Yeah. So. And speaking
0: of of Albuquerque, that type of area, and, and TV shows. Watching Breaking Bad didn't kind of want. Didn't it kind of make you want to live in that area? It's just kind of a cool area with the cactuses, cacti, and just the different and the
1: cartels and the drug world. And the no, murders. but just kind of yeah. that look. Great. That Great family that, fun. No, but that area.
0: <laughs> it's an area I've never really traveled too much or lived in. I think it would be cool right there. Speaking of the text line, though, Martin, we actually
1: have a lot of good hey, five, ones Five, 55 Because I honestly, if you're a doctor, lawyer, mailman, whatever, excuse me, letter carrier, I would love to know what you have in mind. And you could be 30, you could be 60 listening. I have no idea. Doug's prison wallet,
0: backup sensor and DVD money. Nice humble brag, bro. Uh, the guy that sounds like... Someone, in 13 years, I'll probably be dirt napping. Hipster of Tower Grove South, 13 years from now, I'll probably be waiting for you guys to read texts from today's (laughs) show. That's pretty good. That is the winning text. Mike says, 69 years old, retired, chasing grandkids, listening to this stupid show, I guess. Do you think this show will still be on 13 years from now? That's a great question. Wow, that's a
1: great question. I'm going to say no. Wow. Continues
0: in a different form. Wow. I'm just going to say,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, if Chuck and I go away on your radio dial, maybe we'll come back in some other format. Maybe we'll just sit around your pool and just tell stories. Two years strong right now, man. We can go another 13. And how about this
0: (laughs) from Catfish? Hey, guys. Today is actually my last day in retirement. I hope to do a lot of traveling and having fun. Playing music. What, now I would like
1: to know, okay, does Catfish, you like playing it on a CD player or actually yeah. performing, performing music? Performing at a local. How old is Catfish? Catfish, please text in 855-282. Like know, we, don't, we don't need your height and weight, but we'd like to know how old you are. I feel
0: like he's going to be going
1: around maybe playing a little guitar at some local uh, pubs, maybe at Hot Shots. Okay. What are you be doing in 13 years? A lot of folks, you know, honestly, the dirt napping one, I'd like well, how old are you at this point? But speaking of catfish, that's poor, what my, you know, Bob Ramsey walked in, he said, oh, what am I going to be doing in 13 years? I kind of went, I don't know, Bob, are you still with us? I mean, is that... Oh, is that, he's, is in that, he's in great shape. in great shape, but I... But look, as my... As is that my, my, too harsh?
0: No, it's fine. As my dad has... <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> he, he's not here. He's He walked away. He's eating a nice lunch here at Hot Shots. He's stepped away. Great quesadillas. <laughs> but that's what my dad has done as he's transitioned into semi-retirement. He retired from his main job, but he still teaches a class in college. He does some training sessions for social work, and he plays these random gigs. Like, he actually has a weekly gig where he goes and plays music at nursing homes for old folks. I like that. Yeah.
1: I think staying busy is the key. You know, whether you're in your 60s and you're still doing radio. I mean, Frank Opinion is, you know, late 60s, I believe. He's talked about it, I think, and you still do your radio show. and Stay connected with the kids. Charlie, you want to be active. My grandpa, George. He was selling real estate. He was like 85, and he was still going to the wow. office on Sundays. I don't know if he had a lot of listings, but he'd right. go to the office. And... Keeping busy is the key, Chuck. Catfish says he is 58 years old. Okay, but he's about to retire right now. That's what he said. Good for you. Shut it on down. How about this?
0: The Bo Weevil of Bevo Mill says, guys, 13 years from now, we'll all still be waiting for Martin to set up a pub crawl. <laughs> he promised to do with listeners and Andy Banker
1: from the Two Fox. That's true. That's also pretty fair. Uh, Randy Naughton points out that I still owe her a present for her fiftieth birthday because I said, "Oh, I'll get you something." I think she just turned fifty-seven. I think. So <laughs> I'll take her to Fast Eddie's. Well, we got you, me, and Janie Mae going up tomorrow. Janie Mae waits in the car. We're gonna be hanging at Fast no, Eddie's. we'll bring her in.
0: Doug's prison wallet says, "In thirteen years, I'll be texting multiple." sexual advances to a certain AM Sports Talk khaki smoke show. I wonder who he's talking about. Could be the aforementioned Doug Vaughn. I don't know. I don't want to
1: speculate. The great Doug Vaughn. Uh, The topic in baseball about rule changes one that seems to be, I don't know that it's getting universally rubber stamped, but Bill DeWitt, the card's owner, had said he was fine with it, and in the new proposals, they're saying, yeah, this will be part of it. The three batter minimum now, Derek Gould wrote a piece about Rick Ankiel and his comebacks on hold right now. I love the Ankiel story. It's got to be a little tougher coming off surgery, elbow surgery, the mainest surgery. But Derek's yes. point, if you do have this three batter minimum, a guy like Ankiel's is perfect. Faces one batter, then you throw him out in the outfield, the old double switch kind of deal. And then you bring him back to face the next hitter. Whitey Herzog used to do that with Todd Worrell. He would bring in Todd Worrell, and this is true. I mean, Whitey is a character. We know that. And some of it's like, Are you oh, yeah. aw, aw, shuck. And another thing about it, you know, beer, drinking, fishing. His baseball acumen is just insane. Like, he thought of everything first. So he would have Todd Worrell face a guy. Then he'd put him in right field. He'd bring in Ken Daly to get the lefty out. Then he'd get Worrell back into the game, and we always said, if somebody would just hit a ball to right field, we wanted to see Worrell unleash a cannon to the plate.
0: So I've always heard about that, and I think it's a great idea, great strategy. It became strategy. like a norm. But my mm-hmm. question is, because you just brought it up, were there any really bad moments of Todd Worrell in right field where a ball was hit to him?
1: I don't remember any. Next time, I think he may have made one play, but that's about it. And, and Frank caught. said, "We're all a bunch." We should ask him about that. His time in right field, what he thought about it, like how many fly balls did he get? We're like, oh crap, I got to run. And, I, I know I know I can throw the guy. I don't know if
0: I can get there. The pitchers are always shagging. They're always out there during BP shagging. So you think they'd actually be pretty good at at judging fly balls at the different ballparks? What I think is but interesting you like, about you like that rule? I, I don't. I don't. Here's, here's what I think is so crazy about this. They're putting all these rules out there, and I think some of them are okay. I disagree with others. But to, to shorten the game or to make the game quicker, you do one thing that would probably decrease the time of every game by 20 minutes. And it's the easiest thing in the world, and it's what every baseball league does from basically high school and college, and that is you make the hitters keep one foot in the batter's box. That would decrease in between every pitch. You would have ten fewer seconds. Add that up over the course of nine innings. If you make the batters keep one foot in the box instead of, after every pitch, take four steps out, get your sign. If you do the Nomar garcia para and you, or the Skip Schumacher, and you redo every batting glove, if you keep one foot in the batter's box, the game would be two and a half or two hours and 40 minutes.
1: Yeah, and I think the batter, the hitter's, do bear a lot of the responsibility like speeding things up did you see the video the other day and this would have been more the pitcher's fault i don't know what level it was if it's college ball it must be if it's current and the guy the pitcher is just taking forever he's taking forever so the guy's like you know wiggling his bat he's ready he's ready he's wiggling he's wiggling the pitcher is still dorking around he finally just asked for time ump doesn't give him time here comes the pitch and he just turns around and just smokes it over the wall. I'm like, that's what you do. Ask for time. They don't give you time. Then you smoke it. And Jack Flaherty
0: today is kind of going around the media circles and and Twitter and all that. Made a great comment when asked about the 20-second pitch clock. He said, okay, so you're going to let the batter take 15 seconds to get in the box, and then you're going to give the pitcher Five seconds to come, set, and throw it. He goes, "Yeah, that makes sense. That's fair," and it's not. Well,
1: that yeah, that is the point that it's all on the pitchers, the way these clocks are set That's up, and the away. way it's instituted or executed, and it is unfair because it's it's they're basically saying the pitchers are the problem, and, and the hitters are equally culpable, if not more so. And I agree with, and I like the fact, Flaherty, he's not gonna be he's not gonna be Tommy Pham ask, but he's gonna be a go to shot, even though he pitches every five days. That's a guy who's going to become a spokesperson for all topics because he will chime in on any and all topics. I don't like the you-have-to-pitch-to-three-batter
0: rule, but I will say this. In all of these rules, I'm okay with Major League Baseball tinkering with ways to improve or speed up the game in the regular season as long as you let them have the same rules in the playoffs. I don't think, even if you're an old-school National League Baseball fan, I don't think you're going to care that much if they keep the integrity of how the game always was in the playoffs. And it's the same with hockey. I brought this up a million times. It's pretty fair to say that three-on-three is gimmicky to decide a game after regulation and a shootout even more so. However, last Saturday, everybody's glued to their TV sets watching that Blues versus Bruins shootout. But guess what? They don't do that in the playoffs, and nobody complains because you keep the integrity of the postseason – I'm fine with them tinkering during the regular season. And I really don't think, even though some people are out there saying, oh, I'm not going to watch baseball, if you keep the postseason the way it always has been, people are not going to be mad about tinkering here and there with the regular season over the course of 162 games. And
1: the buildup to the playoffs is, of course, the September push. The rosters has become a bigger topic, and that is a good point where you've got like 20 pitchers in September mm-hmm. and you're in a playoff race. And I think it was Rammer who responded to somebody on Twitter saying, well, how about this? How about you have to set your roster each game, almost like a healthy scratch, who's inactive, football inactive. I think that is the way to do it because you want those kids getting called up. I think it's great to have the September call-ups, especially for a team that sucks. You get to see some of the new talent for the next year. But it's unfair. Pitching changes out there. You can do anything you want. You've got four catchers. It doesn't matter. I love that idea of setting the roster on a given night. Wouldn't
0: baseball be more fun and exciting, too? If, if you had three healthy scratches every game, that would probably be three starting pitchers that aren't going to throw. What if you could have an extra speed guy, an extra guy to come in at the end and try to steal a base? Wouldn't that make baseball more fun than the fact that of your 25-man roster on any given night, it's really only a 21-man roster because your four starting pitchers, your four other guys, aren't going to be suiting up?
1: Midday Grind Company live from the Hot Shots in Fenton. Uh, we're going to be here till 4, and you can come by, see, come check out our bucket. Fill Free up bucket. There it yes. is. Hey, we just got, got a whole is. pile of the names, sheets the going in for there. For These are a chance to win tickets to Cardinals opening day, which is about five weeks from yesterday. Season begins four weeks from yesterday. Uh, Rand, rant. are you going to get another baseball thought or can I go random? You go, go ahead. What do you well, go? What this do you is go? random too. Okay. I think maybe the I thought yesterday's
0: random. show wasn't good is because we were discussing how depressing the month of February is overall. Then we looked it up and people vote by far that February is the worst month of the year. And then doesn't everything feel a little better now that the calendar has turned to March? You have Mardi Gras. You have March Madness. You know that opening day is coming up, right? We have the... Arch Madness, Bradley will probably make a
1: run next week. Oh, for sure. It's exciting. My timeline, however, filled up with everybody on Twitter saying, hey, guess what? It's March. Get ready for golf and baseball. Hey, it's March. It's the best. Oh, it's, it's going to snow tomorrow, okay? But I love the month of March, but I was going to mock the fact everybody was reminding us it's March, as if we don't have a calendar, as if we weren't aware. And then I'm dropping my son off at school tma's in a break and i've got cam wax on oh it. okay and tom or iggy was talking about you know Hedo, something and i thought better not listen to that or tim read an email it's from like uncle bill's slippery nipples and i'm like i can't listen to this i can't listen <laughs> to this so tom ackerman is wrapping up his sports report and he says that's right everybody it's march 1st and i'm thinking to myself duh my son goes dad is it really march 1st it was news to him so Tom actually provided a service that I didn't while driving. He goes, Dad, is it really March? Is February over? And I said, it is. I forgot to tell you. Didn't you check your Twitter? This is why. Look, you make fun of me. But oh.
0: sometimes, getting back to Big Walt, Keith Kachuk, when we first started this show, he calls and he goes, oh, what day is it? People don't even know sometimes what day it is. They like to know the temperature. They like to know the date. <laughs> and I'll always say this. If I'm driving around in the car, if you read me that night's baseball schedule, and the pitching probables, and you you tell me the, the standings, I'm not going to turn the channel. You don't memorize that stuff. Don't you like Rammer? Don't you, you like a nice update? Of, everybody Seriously. Like, everybody likes a good update. Don't you want to know who's
1: pitching that? In? Oh, Kershaw's going. Now, That's I, information. I, however, the difference is Keith Kachuk doesn't know what date is because he's got like $50 million in the bank. He and his buddies go to O.B. Clark's. He might be flying to Calgary to see his kids. He doesn't need to know what day it is. The rest of us know what day it is because we have to know what day it is. He doesn't have to know what day it is. I will say this, though. Now, (laughs) I have more of a Monday through Friday schedule
0: now. Oh, I get it. Hold on. No. For the first decade or so of my broadcasting career, I always worked weekends. So I never really knew what day it was because your weekend is different, right? I mean, if you work the weekends and your weekend is actually – Wednesday, Thursday, you're off work, it always feels weird. Like a weekend doesn't really feel like a weekend, and Wednesday and Thursday when you're off, it's a work day for everybody else. So yeah, I, I disagree
1: with your point. I, <laughs> Next topic. No, the, no, you can't disagree with the premise. Is that Big I don't Wal- remember the premise. The premise is that Big Walt's world is different than all of our worlds. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, he has $50 million. I don't he, has if he has two a, kids. Whatever, whatever he has in the NHL, he's
1: fine. He's, I'm not worried about that I'm saying he doesn't Walt. have to worry about what to, you need to know on Monday. Like, oh, crap, it's back to the grind, <laughs> the midday grind. And to work, most people ha- have an idea because they have to. He doesn't have to. My question was, did Rob Dazier leave a lasting impression? Yes. Legacy with the word ill side.
0: 100%. So
1: Darion Henderson, who's a younger reporter at Fox 2, was covering the slick roads and the conditions on Fox 2 Thursday morning, and everybody's tweeting out accidents and everything, and he said, I will be coming to you live with updates. Momentarily, I'll be over on the ill side. And I thought, that has just become part of our lexicon. You say it, I say it. There's a guy who's, probably, I think he's 24, 25 years old, who is just saying, I'll see you on the ill side. On the Ill side. Kind of like, like two fox became a thing on accident, because it was Tony, as, as I imitated him, getting it wrong, and then it just became a thing. And then the four fox became a thing, which makes no sense, but I like it. Do you think any kids now, and kids are in their 20s, saying ill side it's because of Rob's influence
0: 100% and and look at this now I'm not good at my job but I've been well, here finally, for Finally finally we agree on something. Well listen I've been here for 11 years <laughs> is there anything memorable that I've said that people
1: <sighs>
0: oh, that people kind spot. of hang on and the answer is no with Rob Dizier how long was he here 10 years but he had at least two probably about nine okay yeah. but yep. he had at least two signature phrases with what's up STL ill side and then at the end, two fingers, two fingers, y'all. Peace. And he had two things that, whether you liked him or not, those they, were his things. They stuck. He was known for those two things. I think you're two known, fingers, y'all.
1: You're
0: <laughs> STL side.
1: You're known. I for, liked it. You're known for to be fair. To be fair, but also professional liar. Th- yeah, correct. On your Wikipedia gravestone epitaph, it will have. He once said Kevin Demoff is a professional liar. Yeah. It was a terrible uh, move. He was chastised. He corrected it, and everybody loved it, and it was funny as hell. To be fair, to be fair has become a joke, though. You Correct. know what I'm saying? Like, now I say Correct. it just for effect. Oh, so you're a caricature of yourself. Correct. That's when you know you have arrived. Uh, Mardi Gras plans this weekend. Boy, they're, It doesn't matter if it's cold or nasty. We've got the Blues alumni tent. A lot of great activities going on. It was fun being at Big Daddy's. We are at 1860s last week. That's STLMardiGras.org is the place to go for all your Mardi Gras information, Charlie, what we'll call it, because we are information people. On this Friday, March 1st, 1256 p.m. Central Time at the Hot Shots in Fenton, right off Highway 44. That would be Interstate 44. Would you like any more specific information, Charles? Is no, I love this place. Tomorrow's Saturday, and then we'll have Sunday, Correct. followed by Monday. Blues have Carolina tonight. Tomorrow, they're at home against the Dallas Stars. Again, people like the schedule. Carolina,
0: I'm checking last night. I mean, this team is hot as well. The Blues are hot. You have a team that's fighting for their playoff lives in the Eastern Conference, even though Carolina's in, in the same type of playoff spot. They also have some teams behind them where if they went on a losing streak, they could fall out of the playoffs where well, I think it's fair to say right now the Blues are in darn good shape, at least to make the postseason, and now we're worried about if they could win the division.
1: Great show, Chuck, great show. I think I, it was I, a really I good say, show. I think yesterday's was more fun, but I think this one may have been better in quality, right? Is that fair? Good show. Be fair.
0: Way to end the week strong here at Hot Shots. Great Diaz. 590
1: Baseball is on deck. station's going to be live here until 4 o'clock. Stop on by right across from the old Chrysler plant, Chuck. It's right over there. Great stuff here in Fenn. You
0: got Merritt's, you got the Stratford Inn, you got uh Look at you, providing, more,
1: providing more information.
0: Well, you always know when you're coming, obviously. Uh, you're at a ver- up 44. You
1: have to pass, right? You have to take that first exit and then you come back. Bulls. You're a you ver- Take the Bulls exit. You're a veritable Rand McNally over here. All right, Rammer, Jimmy Hewer, coming your way next on 590 Baseball.